Hello, this is Atali Lama, and you're listening to the 64th episode of the Who's on Top podcast. And welcome back to episode 64 of Who's on Top. I'm your host, Ori, and again, we are in person, minus Jacob. This always seems to happen. Lack, lack of accountability here. And speaking of accountability, there's our wonderful man, Daniel Fox. Shout out Lake Gods. <laughs> they told me to say that. All right. We're going to try to speak a little bit quieter uh, because the mic is registering is really loud. And speaking of other loud things, there's Jeremy Giles. Hello. At your service. And, of course, to the Lake Gods, I am most definitely at your service as you have marked me. Yeah. Uh, to all our podcast listeners, Jeremy currently has... A huge scratch on his arm from the Lake Gods. A and, scar from a boating accident. And speaking of boating accidents. I had to fight off two sharks. <laughs> and speaking of boating accidents, here's our man, Ellsbury. <laughs> no comment on the boating accident. <laughs> shall, uh, we, shall, Jeremy, we, shall we describe what happened? Sorry, you are in grace, but hello. So let's, we'll, let's describe what happened to we'll kind of We'll kind of recap what happened last week. Uh, we did our biannual retreat to Jacob's Lake House. Shout out, nice Mima. Word. Mima and Bipa. Uh, we had a great time, as always. Uh, it got Things got a little tense. Things got a little spicy. Uh, we actually had our own version of the Paul versus Mayweather fight with <laughs> yeah. Daniel and Ellis going at That's it. Not so, on camera. Yeah, Eric, like the Paul <laughs> and Mayweather fight, which we'll get into, you had one quick, uh, experienced, also- undefeated fighter against one obnoxious, <laughs> and stupid haired guy who didn't know how to fight. Hey, and but looks, he one. looks good though. And also, also like the Paul Mayweather fight, they ended up hugging it out and just leaning on each other. Yes, they did. Uh, but to speak about the lake gods, uh, we had an incident on the lake. A mistake by the lake, if you might say. <laughs> um, Jeremy, and, well, Ellis and I went in a kayak together, and uh, Jeremy decided to take a swim. I, I just, say d- it? sure. Or in the middle of the lake, well, so you know, the sides of the lake, pretty swampy, but the middle of the lake, pretty nice. And I knew that people wanted to swim, they would knock my boat over. So Jacob comes up in the middle of the lake, we're all chilling, looking at the beautiful view, looking at the... No, we see like an orange missile, I was just looking at the We see like an an orange missile in the the distance, in Jacob's neon orange shirt. Yeah, so Jacob comes, Jacob's like, let's go in. And he's like, I'm not going to go in because I have my phone, but Ori, Jeremy... Go in. And I was like, don't do that. You're going to knock the boat over. I can see where this is going. But Ori and Jeremy were like, nah, it's all good. Because, you know, nothing ever happens when we don't listen to Ellis. Nothing ever happened. That happens. So they So they jump in, swimming around. But then they want to get back on. I said, Ori, Jeremy, both of you don't get on my boat. Ori <laughs> so, got so on the for, boat. So first of all, Ellis starts paddling away from me while yeah, I'm yeah, in the middle you. of the lake. So then Ori tried to take my boat. So I drowned, bitch. I don't care. So then I fight him off and I'm flipping my boat. There were some casualties. Then they try to both get on my no, boat no, and they the tip boat, it the all boat. over. And then, and no, so I, tr- I was able to get back on my boat, but at that point I was filling off with water that had sunk. And you know, you can't ride a sunken boat. So anyway, after Ori and Jeremy, the smart people that they are, sunk both Jeremy's boat <laughs> and Minori's <laughs> boat, we had to ride back on our friend's kayaks. No, this wasn't Or we had to actually run through the woods. Shout out, no, you know what? I'm going to put myself in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> For paddling not only me and my kayak, but Jeremy and the double kayak on uh, behind and, me. And no, this wasn't like a short paddle. This was like a half mile of river. Hey, one of us had to swim it and then run it over snakes and that someone yeah. would be Fine, me. Fine, you want to so. put yourself in the Hall of Fame? Let's put both of ourselves in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> ah, or you belong so far from the Hall no, of Fame. No, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Daniel gets the Hall of Fame. 
Daniel and Max get the Hall of Fame. Daniel and Max, Max the didn't Hall do anything. He carried a 120 pound weakling. <laughs> I was kicking for him, buddy. I was, yeah, kicking. I was kicking. I was kicking. All right, let's talk some sports. Here. Yeah. Let's talk some I sports. Think- and the first one of which would be the tip off. So throw it on to Daniel. Ah, welcome to the tip off. As always, we'll start with the best sport, which is baseball. And it was a good weekend in baseball. The Red Sox went into Yankee Stadium Sweep. for three games. Sweep. And by the end, Jacob was basically crying because <laughs> the Red Sox beat the Yankees so bad. Um, Sunday night was probably the funniest. The Yankees tied it in the ninth. And uh, Matt Barnes with 3-2 pitch, first and third, two outs. He just painted the corner on the black. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really I can't even say that it was a great pitch, really just painted the corner and Odor. If you're rooting at Odor there, you have to protect the plate. <laughs> Red Sox went ahead in the top I of the 10th. You can't keep serious. <laughs> the Red Sox went ahead in the top of the 10th. Yankees scored one in the bottom of the 10th, but the Red Sox won 6-5. to five. They are now six games up on the Bronx Can we talk about yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's time to put our friend Jacob in the Hall of Fame. Not for... <laughs> On the bottom of uh, the tenth inning, Jacob decides <laughs> to turn to rage. So uh, Yankees have two Here, outs. Let me, let me explain it because I know baseball. Um, <laughs> hey, have you seen thirty baseball games? I have. I have. <laughs> have you? <laughs> have you? Um, no, I have not. Tyler waited a little ground ball a second. Looked like it should be the end of the game. And Jacob, and Jacob, turns, Jacob the turns up the TV. Um, we didn't know what happened. Then we turned the game on. Wade's standing at second. It's a one-run game. But by then, Jacob's soul was gone. Um, so a lot of talk. Yankees are now just two games over 500. Really, oh. just an embarrassment. Oh, I terrible. love it personally. I know you do. Um, Blue Jays. What's well, the Blue Jays, Jays are, are now ahead of the Yankees. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have won nine of their last ten. Brandon Woodruff and Car- Corbin Burns. They got Yelich oh, back. Burns. And um, they yeah, they are. Burger. They have are in first place in the NL Central. The New York Mets are starting to get things going. Francisco Lindor, I think he's hit 280 in his last 20 games. Sheesh. And of course, Jacob Degrom. Wow. He had a point, I think it was 6-2 ERA, yeah. and he lowered it yeah. in, in the start against the Padres. That's he ridiculous. threw seven shutout innings. They're just... Against un- the Padres. Against like the Padres. I mean, it's, it's inconceivable, Troy Doyle. Hey, we got to talk some pine tar. Uh, as we all know, offense has been down this year. Batting average has declined for about a lot of no 15 hitters. points. We have six no-hitters. Um, so Theo Epstein now... Um, head of the rules committee sort of in baseball. They're going to crack down more on pine tar. We saw Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole both have decreased spin rate in their uh, last start. So that's just something to keep an eye on and see a little more offense considering this has been the lowest uh, offensive year since 1968. And uh, speaking about offense... You know, who, one guy's hit it. You know, one who, guy's, there's a guy that's raking in the league, and he also happens to be in my fantasy team. Jesse Winker, another three-run homer. That's his second three-run home. No, no, sorry, not three-run homer. Three-homer three homer game. game. Twice second, in a month. Twice in a month in a single game. First time I mean, he's Reds, unbelievable. Twitter. First time in Reds history that's happened. Um, and boy, do we know. I'm happy to have him and his brother, Nicholas Castellanos, on my fantasy basketball team. Hey, <laughs> fantasy, basketball. fantasy baseball team. I have no idea what's actually going on. I haven't seen any of his homers, but I know he's doing well yeah, on my team. He is hitting homers. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Uh, uh, move on to a much slower sport. Ellis, what happened this weekend con los americanos? Yeah. That means uh, with the Americans. This weekend we had the final game of the CONCACAF um, Nations League, which was against 
United States of America. They and they're it the concave nation? It's, an, it's a new, it's a concaf. It's it basically... Concave nation? No, concaf. It stands for like South America, North America, or Central America, North America. And then it, um, and the Nations League is just... They, they even have it. Anyway. Where's the energy? Anyway, USA versus their heated rivals, El Tree or Mexico. And Mexico's kind of dogged us in the past. You know, yeah. we've had our moments. It's back and forth. But let's be honest. It's been Mexico's winning of the rivalry, much like the Yankees and Red Sox. The Red Sox sometimes have their moments like this weekend, but you know who's really the big dogs in the rivalry. But this weekend, it went to the USA because in the final... In the beginning, it looked like the USA would not be doing so hot. They went down 2-0 with oh, 25 no, no minutes. Bueno. Then McKenney and Reyna get two back to force overtime. And finally, a controversial penalty in the 114th minute sealed the deal as Pulisic scored the goal. Goal! Took off his goal, shirt. Goal, goal, goal. Goal. Took off his shirt and posed like a thug to make it 3-2. And the game was over. 3-2? But! Were there goalies? Hold up. But! The game wasn't over. More because in USA fashion, they took out, they got a penalty, they let up a penalty, sorry, for Mexico in the last 10 seconds of the game. And they subbed on because Zach Stefan, our starting goalkeeper, is a small goalkeeper, not the best. But we have a really tall back, tall backup goalkeeper named Ethan Horvath. Plays for the Belgium side, FC Brugge, Brugge, whatever you call that back in Belgium. Just 0. 0. 0. 7 goals per game. And then he's goalie, so he averages no in the game. So. <laughs> Mexico stood up to take the penalty. Ethan Horvath guessed right and saved it to get USA the win. The crowd went wild. We beat our hated rival Mexico, won the Nations League. We pretty much get a World Cup berth for the next World Cup. And, you know, we're not going to talk about World Cup berth. We're not going to talk about the last World Cup because we had a World Cup berth. We're not talking about the last World Cup berth because that was... Painful to say the least, as all birds are. Went, uh, zero, zero to the 270th minute. This is stupid. So, in conclusion, in a back and forth game that was truly exciting and showed the USA at its best and at its worst. They came out on top against Mexico, the heated rivals, and we're into the World Cup, and it's a big milestone for this young USA soccer team. And I think we're going on to the NBA now, and I yeah, think it are. stays with me. First round is done. Nuggets beat the Blazers, despite Damian Lillard doing everything to stop that from happening. Clippers, in a great Game 7 game, showed that Luka Doncic, as I said, just didn't have enough to carry this Some whole Mavericks team. Some did, and those experts would be luckily right. And the second round is set, and we will be talking about the second round later, but in our prediction segment, as you will see. But second round is set. Uh, Nets, Bucks already playing. Suns played last night, got the dub. And, the and 76ers, Joel Embiid's health is in, a que- is in a question mark right now, and Hawks took the first game as well. So all in all, pretty exciting first round. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the more exciting first rounds in recent memory, I have to say. Maybe I've been paying attention more, but I actually think this has been last five years' most exciting first round. Almost beating the Nets. Yeah, Yeah. almost. So close. Four games, three games off. But Jason Tatum actually played very well in that game. But yeah, first round's over. Excited to see what the second round has to hold. (laughs) Jeremy, let's talk about some American football next. The second best football. So, I'm talking about the first best football, let me be very clear, American football. I don't know what that other stuff was. This time, for once, this football was American football. But I am here to talk about, about the amazing star, my main man, 
Julio Jones has been officially traded to the Tennessee Titans for a second rounder this year, a fourth and a sixth next year. And the big thing... Jerry, do you think it says anything that all the picks are in even rounds? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, they're trying to send that they're going to score 12 wins because a fourth, a sixth, and a second combined to 12 wins. So that's their goal. With that said, on a serious note, this was, the reason this is not that much for Julio Jones with the top receivers is because of Julio Jones' contract, right? Atlanta basically used this as a contract dump where they got a good a little bit back, but they also lost $15 million off their cap, which allows them to sign a lot of their new rookies. They're also in a bit of a rebuild and need to get rid of him. To me, this is really awesome on both sides. For the Falcons to get rid of the contract, they need to and get a little bit in turn. For the Titans, they get freaking Julio Jones in a must-win year. I think this makes them Super Bowl contenders. I'm not going to lie. I think it's not only how good he is, but it's just the message it sends, right? I do respect that trade. I respect that. But I think, to be honest, this not offense still makes me nervous just because I really don't know how much of it was the talent and how much it was Arthur Smith. I mean, we've seen Ryan Tannehill with a different coach. Well, Adam Gaze is admittedly an awful coach. If he has uh, just average coach as opposed to this the star of Arthur Smith, we really don't know how he'll react. So I'd be pumped the brakes a little bit, but I think if it all goes well, this is Super Bowl could be a Super Bowl contender. So I love Julio Jones. He's one of my favorite NFL players ever, and just one sort of just shows just how good a person he is. I know people were comparing this something to the Odell trade, how much that didn't really help the Browns, but to me this is different because Julio Jones is selfless, unlike Odell Beckham. And what I mean by that is, so Julio Jones has the number eleven, right? So A.J. Brown, I think largely probably because of that, took the number 11 when he got to the NFL. So A.J. Brown offered the number 11 to Julio Jones when he, if he was to come there, right? He offered him number 11, and Julio Jones declined. He said, no, I'll switch. Despite being one of the top stars in the league, he'll switch his number, and which is something he absolutely did not have to do. And so I just think that kind of shows a lot about his character. So I actually disagree about this trade. I think... Um, I think this was bad for the Falcons. I think this offense, the Falcons' offense was really good. Without Julio Jones, this Falcons' offense, I think, was a top 10 offense with him. But without him, it's a, I don't think it's that great anymore. And I think the Falcons still could have contended, maybe, especially... Julio Jones was not that involved. And what if it's in addition by subtraction, but you get more touches to Kyle Pitts and Calvin yeah. With Julio Jones, this concept of addition by subtraction is not really a thing. Because the reason that exists with Odell is because he's very much, in some ways, not really selfish, because how much targets you get is how much you get paid off and how people think of you but he like gets upset if he doesn't get his targets Julio Jones is not the same way so you can't say Julio Jones leaves an offense and it gets better with that said I just don't see that much of a feasible way the Falcons would keep him and they're very much not Super Bowl contenders right now so I think it makes sense to trade him to someone who is it's better for him I think for the Falcons, they just couldn't really keep him, and I don't think they could really get to a point where they'd be Super Bowl contenders by the time he's not ancient and can still play. But yeah, this Tennessee team's going to be good, especially with A.J. Brown, who I think potentially this year can be a top-ten receiver I, without I Julio. Like that was the tip-off. So I want that Jeremy, he had to leave for some reason. I don't know. Um, he has a job. Oh, really? I mostly just take my mom's money. Um. So anyway, a lot of interesting stuff on the tip-off. But for now, let's move on to some, what do we call this? Fighting. Fighting. fighting, just fighting. fighting. Ellis as our local fighting expert. It's, you know, it's ironic. You want to finish the joke? It's ironic how you know so much about fighting and you watch so much, and then when you get into real life situations, oh! We had in an alternate universe, or should it be alternate universe. We had Logan Paul, the YouTube star, facing off against. Like, I we can't really call him a YouTube star anymore, but he's a content creator. It's more like it, facing off against the fifth, you know, 
unbeatable Floyd Mayweather. And you know, the fight was pretty underwhelming. Um, Logan fought better than Floyd Mayweather the first two rounds, as Floyd Mayweather usually loses all the first two rounds. Round three was pretty 50-50. It was probably the best round of the fight, both landing some good blows. And then round four to eight was just Floyd beating on uh, Logan and Logan hanging on for dear life. Logan was a very good wrestler. He knew how to use his body well. His boxing was just good enough to not be knocked out when combined with his wrestling. And, of course, the 12-ounce gloves and 30-pound weight difference helped. But... Can you even as comprehend I say, someone lifting 30 pounds? As I say all that, it's a 30-pound weight difference, just like you and me. As I say like that, but other than that, it was kind of what people expected, I guess. It's exactly what weight. Yeah, because Floyd, Logan landed 10% of his shots. Floyd landed 40%, so, you know, difference in class was there. But they weren't even using that big gloves, so really a knockout was never going to happen. But saying all that, despite all, like, the... All the chips Floyd had to fight against and lo- all the advantages Logan had. Logan still fought. He still survived eight rounds. And respect to him. He put Surviving in the... Yeah. eight rounds with the greatest, one of the greatest boxers of all time, even if he's the greatest defensive boxer, is damn impressive. Yeah, of course. And he put in the work for it. That can be clearly seen, even though there were levels behind. He put in hard work for that. And, I mean, good for him. And listen, it's kind of... Especially with boxing... What makes money makes money, you know? So haters, old traditional boxing heads saying this is so bad for the sport, all right? So then make money that's good for the sport. That's on you to do. So I don't agree with that train of thought. But it was a, in terms of entertainment-wise, the fight itself was pretty boring. Or you got anything else to say? I mean, look, I, I think it was more the experience. Like, oh, my God, um, this has really become an entertainment is industry. I thought it was a little disrespectful to boxing to have, like, to have this happen, I don't and know. Shadow to a single guy is knocked almost out, knocked out. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the 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 undercard fights were pretty good. Patriots legend Shadow to a single. Yeah. No, there was. I mean, again, I I just thought the fight was exactly as expected. But you know, credit to Logan for lasting twelve rounds or sorry, eight rounds. I mean, I would want to last at least one round with Floyd, and I'd consider that an accomplishment. <laughs> so. No, I mean, look, it's damn impressive for him, it, even, like, with all the cards in his favor, even with him, like, having a 30-pound weight advantage and everything. It's really damn impressive to last that long. Let's move on to some predictions, specifically baseball. So, Foxy, take it away. All right, we got the Cubs and the Cardinals. The Cubs were— I believe, sorry, I can drop it. I believe this is round four of predictions out of five. Cubs, Cardinals, the Cubs had an historically bad offense in April, but I've caught fire. I think they went 18 and 5 in a 23 game stretch. Uh, Chris Bryant having an MVP level season against the Cardinals, who just got swept by Jesse Winker and his bad Jesse, Jesse Winker and his bad boys in Cincinnati. Oh my God, Nicholas um, Castellanos still leading the league with a 3.67 average. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So it is in St. Louis, but I think I'm going to roll with the Cubs. I think they're just a hot team right now, and they're, this is a chance for them to create separation. So I'm going to take, get the Cubs taking Again, two out of three. Again, we're doing series, so we're not doing game by game. Yeah, I think Dan's analysis great. The Cardinals started off the year great. The Cubs started off the year couldn't hit a pitch. But now they've turned it around both in opposite directions. So in baseball, in basketball, always take the hotter team. So give me the Cubs. The Cubbies. Let's do Padres versus Mets. This is actually a really interesting yeah. matchup um, with – the Padres coming off a tough series with the Brewers um, and the Mets just catching heat. So, Daniel, what do you think here? Yeah, um, what I'm trying to do right now is, as you should do before predicting any Mets series, is what day is DeGrom pitching? Is he pitching in this series? He is. He's pitching on Friday. So that's got to be a dub. Um, 
And can they take one of the next two games? Yeah. Why not? Give me the Mets. Give me the Mets. I'm going to go to the Padres. I mean... And I, I'm, no one's higher on the Padres than me. Yeah I, lo- yeah, I love the Padres, first off. And I think, yes, they're going to win the DeGrom game, obviously, but we're predicting series. We're not predicting games. If we're predicting games, yeah, give me the Mets. But we're predicting the series, and healthy. I think the Mets take the game with DeGrom, and the Padres take the other two, so the Padres. The Mets just keep getting healthier. They keep playing well, playing better and better. Lindor's heating up, um, and they got DeGrom going, so I'm going to go with the Mets. Fair. Both teams are powerhouses. Yeah. Let's move on to two of the best teams in the American League, the Rays and the White Sox. Um, the Rays always managed to find themselves at the, the top of the American League. Well, it's only they're only a half game up on the boys from Boston, and they are going to travel to Chicago to take on the White Sox. The White Sox have also been playing very well. Uh, opened up a couple game lead in the uh, AL Central. Uh, Alice, who do you think is going to take the series? It's the old stubborn manager and Tony La Russa versus the you know you new young fresh Rays. At least in my eyes, I see it like that. But you know, there's no been no team harder than the Rays. Nah, there's been teams some teams harder than the Rays like the Cubs, but few teams harder than the Rays. And I think they're going to keep on with the role. I've learned as a Yankees fan not to hate against, well, to hate against the Rays, but not predict against the Rays. And I think that stays here. I think the Rays take two out of three. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have the White Sox take two out of three. Uh, I mean, this is a week away, so we don't know the pitching matchups. But the White Sox, they just they pitch and hit very well. They do basically everything well. And defensively, they're incredible if you want Moncada, Tim Anderson. So, I just think the White Sox are the better all-around team. Really? Because you gave up Jose Abreu in fantasy. Well, I make moves to make moves. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the White Sox here. Okay, let's move on to a really interesting series. It's already had two games? One, One game. game. One game. Suns versus Nuggets. Uh, this is looks like the Suns are just outclassing the Nuggets pretty heavily, especially in the first game. Uh, they won handily, I think, by like a f- double-digit margin. So, I mean... This is just playing really well. Devin Booker doing Devin Booker things. DeAndre Ayton getting involved, too, with some action. Was in, picking up some slack since CP3 is hurt. So what do we think, Daniel? Who's uh, who's taking this series? I think the Suns are the best team in the West right now. I mean, it, as far as two versus seven matchups go, it doesn't get much harder than facing the Lakers. I know Anthony Davis was hurt a couple games and banged up. But still, you got LeBron there, and it is the Lakers. So, and for them to beat them in six games... And I feel like this is almost an easier matchup for them. Um, and I don't mean to disrespect the Nuggets, but I just think the Suns are just playing at a really high level right now. And I'm just going to roll with them. I'm going to roll with them at five games, actually. I think they're playing great basketball. Yeah, I said this Suns-Lakers game, the winner I'm picking to go to the finals. Um, I think the Clippers might also contest, but I like the Nuggets team. And I think it's going to be a really good series. Game one, Suns won, but really until the end in which they pulled away, um, it was a good series. So I'm gonna go Suns here because, but I still, I'm still, yeah, I'm still gonna go Suns here because I just really like the way the team's playing. Chris Paul looks. I know he was injured a lot for the Lakers game, but something's different. Something's different. Something's in the water. Give me the Suns. All right, we have another great series at our hands, but it's looking up to be another uh, another blowout uh, with the Nets just steamrolling the Bucks. That is why we are not um, going to actually predict it because we all have the Nets winning regardless. So we thought it would be just redundant to put the predictions in. But 76ers versus Hawks, this is an interesting one. The Hawks came out strong in game one. Uh, ice tray, as Quavo likes to say, it, just doing ice tray things. 
ice tray all the way. You can quote Quavo on that. Um, but yeah, they're looking really impressive. Uh, and Trey Young's really turning it up in the playoffs. As Joel Embiid gets healthier. Listen, I, you know what? We talked about this in the Knicks versus Hawks. Stars win playoff games. And Knicks were, I think, played a better team basketball, but in the end, the star came out on top in Trey Young. I think the same thing happens here. I think the Hawks play really good team basketball. They're hot, but Joel Embiid's getting health, only healthier. Unless he's really hampered by the injury more than I realize, I think this is 76ers and 6. Yeah, I think it's foolish to overreact to one game. I mean, if you see, not just in basketball, but you look at, like, baseball too. You know, sometimes a team sneaks up and win game one. Sixers, you know, they had their hands full with the Wizards last series. It went six. Did? It went, oh, it went five. Two games were two wins or seven Sixers were close. Yeah, so they've had their hand full. Um, and it looks, maybe they take the Hawks a little bit for granted, but I think they come out, they win game two, and then it's 1-1 going back to Atlanta. And look, they still have game five and game seven at home. So I'm not going to overreact to one game. I'm going to pick the Sixers. All right, final one. This is probably one of the more interesting ones. Interesting ones, Clippers versus Jazz. Jazz leading the regular season in wins. So the Jazz are at full strength again, um, but people have always kind of not picked them to go to the finals for some reason. Uh, I mean, it might just be a case of regular season blues, but or I mean, sorry, postseason blues, but people are reluctant to pick them. Uh, Clippers coming off a very tough series with the Mavericks, which gave them a serious run for their money, went into Game 7, the first one this playoffs. So, Ellis, who are we taking here? I'm so 50-50 right now on this one. I'm really torn, more torn than I've been in a lot of predictions. I think both teams in their series, despite their wins, showed a lot of flaws. Showed how to, both teams have blueprints how to beat the other team, and it depends who executes. But when you're so confused, you can't look at crunching all the numbers. You can't do that. In my opinion, you got to go with your gut. And I just said, stars win playoff games. Well, Kawhi and PG beat Donovan Mitchell, and I think I'm going to have to go to the Clippers in seven here because I think the Jazz just rely way too heavily on a good Donovan Mitchell performance, actually a great Donovan Mitchell performance. That said, again, I want to preface, I'm really 50-50 on this one. I'm really not sure where to go. I don't want to disrespect the Jazz. They've had a great season, and I think both had, didn't have the best first rounds. So it's hard. So, But I'm going to go Clippers just because two stars beat one. Like Ellis said, of the four remaining series, this one is by far the most difficult to pick. It's the one most likely to go seven, and I could also see it going seven. I mean, it's really a toss-up, but I said the Clippers are going to the finals before the playoffs started, and I just think all the times they come up short, I feel like, you know, sometimes when you come up short so many times, people just start expecting you to fail, and that's when you succeed. Good point. And Good point. that's sort of how I feel. No one's really talking about the Clippers anymore, even though they still, you know, they're a title favorite going in the last two seasons. So I just think the Clippers are going to find a way with Kawhi and Paul George to win this game, to win this series. So give me the Clippers in seven. And they showed resilience. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. You lose in the first two games at home. They that shows some fight. All right. I think it's time that we uh, we start wrapping up. So Ellis, you want to take this away? Oh. Sorry, we get to play Ellis' stupid game. Ellis, take it away. We got one stat track this week for you, keeping it quick, and it's an NBA one. So the last five games of the playoffs, so both these players are playoff players. I'll give you a clue since it's not one's a guard, one's um they both they both don't well, have to be. Not me. I, I want to say a few things. They're they both don't have to be in the playoffs right now, but they're both in round one. One's a guard, one's a forward, but he's really like a small forward can play as a guard or either. 
All right, last five games. Player one has 29.8 points, 9.8 assists, 1.8 rebounds. Is shooting 51% from two, 34.6% from three. Player two, wait, has 30.6 points, 4.6 assists, 5.8 rebounds, 44% from two, 38.9% from three. Who are the two players? It's Trey Young and Luca. That's what I was not Luca's not two, but Trey Young's one. Really? Yeah. So Trey Young's one. The other Luca's guy been thirty yeah. points. Yeah. The other guy must be still in the play, uh, out of the playoffs, since he said that. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. Okay. So let's think. Was it Jason Tatum? It is. Hey! And the reason I put this is the reason I say that is because I think people Jason Tatum got overlooked in this playoffs because he had an absolutely yeah, insane. And his team was struggling, but I think Jason Tatum, this is the playoffs. He really became superstar for the Celtics team, like just bona fide superstar. And no one's talking about it because the Celtics had an awful season, but he became the superstar. All right, now we're moving on to the Wacky Sport of the Week. This week's Wacky Sport of the Week is, drumroll please, fireball soccer. So we all love soccer here. And what can make it better but with some fire? Pitbull, and Pitbull as all these, vo- <laughs> no, it's not. But as all these wax for the weeks are, the name really explains itself. And what is it? You have a soccer ball, and it's on fire. What? And it's played in Indonesia a lot, and um, it's played to welcome the month of Ramadan, which is interesting. So it's known locally in Indonesia, sepak bola api, but we call it fireball soccer because all they do is just light a soccer ball fire and the rest of the rules are the same. Yeah, I mean, that's really all you can talk about it. It's celebrated in Yogyakarta, Bogor, and Tasik Malaya, and Papua regions of Indonesia. And the ball is made from coconut from a palm tree and it's soaked in kerosene before lit. So, interesting to say the least. A little like a Walt's house. In- yeah. Breaking Bad. We're talking about Breaking Bad. All right. And the pre-rituals before the game are vital things. Uh, you have to do the, all the pre-rituals. You light the coconut on fire, soak all the players in non-flammable spices. Um, you say a prayer, and you start playing. Uh, play with your bare feet, too, which is interesting. So, yeah, so this is supposed to test the kids' courage, usually played by, like, teens like us around our age. And, yeah, that is fireball soccer. No, there is not. You are, you are correct, Fox. I'd watch. That'd be entertaining. Anyway, so yeah. So that is Fireball Soccer, and that is our wacky sport of the week. And let us now move on to the conclusion of our podcast. Yes, sponsored by Pitbull. To the conclusion of our podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, follow Instagram at what.podcast and our Twitter at what.podcast. Twitter is Daniel Tweet sometimes. And Instagram. Is- you did. You did. We're proud. Instagram, we have fish, photoshops, polls, all that good stuff. You'll always know when the new podcast is available. Um, yeah, and it's link, and it's also the link to our podcast is in the bio of our Instagram, so check that out as well. Follow YouTube at Who's On Top is WHO S space O N space T O P. Who's on top? Subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff. Um, you know, you know, you know how you do. Actually, our viewers are kind of. So, not to say you're old. You're all very sprite young gentlemen. Anyway, yeah. Also, if you don't want to see our beautiful faces, because, um, yeah, if you don't want to see our beautiful faces, you can just listen to audio form on all platforms other than Amazon. Mm, screw you, Jeff Bezos. Bezos, whatever your name is. We don't even care. We're, we're above it. So, yeah. So, go listen to our podcast there. Subscribe. Turn notifications so you always know when the new podcast
out and all that good stuff. I think that is it for all the announcements for today. As always, hope you had a good week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Vaccines out. Getting my oh, second. Let's go! My second dose this Thursday. I know. And hope you enjoyed the podcast this week as well. And goodbye.